Hello and welcome back to Dramini Audio Fix. My name is Amber, and today I'll be reading Chapter 25 of All You Want by Sen Lin Yu. This fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 25 I Want You to Be Happier I wanted to talk to you about Draco, Theo said, cocking his head to the side as he stared at her. You said yesterday that your thing with each other isn't a relationship, but it appears to have taken a slight turn, if the scene in the hospital wing was anything to go by. Hermione raised an eyebrow. Theo drew a quick breath and straightened as he studied her. There was something in his expression that hadn't been there in the DADA classroom, a sort of wariness or reserve. Hermione wasn't sure which. I know you and Draco aren't what would be described as friends, but he isn't the same person he was in the past years here at school. Theo seemed to hesitate slightly. I know you're in a tight spot, but I hope you realize that just because he's an easy solution doesn't mean it isn't personal for him. Hermione felt a sense of cold slide through her spine. Did, she hesitated slightly and bit her lip for a moment, did Draco tell you that I'm sleeping with him because of his probation? Theo gave a slow nod. Hermione pressed her lips together and looked away down the hall. I see, the corner of her mouth twitched. I didn't realize that was how I come across to people, that I seem like the kind of person who would blackmail someone into having sex with me. Her hold on her wand tightened slightly. He didn't say you were blackmailing him, Theo said quickly, his eyes widening. That's not how he put it. He just said that it's why it's him, rather than anyone else, because he's safer for you. It's not like any of us would have said no, he shrugged. Well, maybe Longbottom. You have to agree that it's rather odd that it's Draco you're with. Hermione clenched her jaw. Everything about the situation is odd, including the fact it exists. I'm trying to manage it as best I can. I didn't expect things with Malfoy to go for this long. He didn't tell me that he thought I'd only asked him because of his probation. If I'd known, I would have told him that it wasn't. But he didn't tell me that until today. And when he did, he framed it as being an entirely reasonable and unsurprising thing for me to do, her voice cut off. Your happiness is the axis upon which their world turns. Draco would do anything for her. He'd rationalize his way into doing whatever he thought she wanted from him, into thinking it was fair of her to ask it. Being used by her, being interested in her, it was all the same. There was a knot in her stomach, twisting tighter and tighter as the day wore on. Why did you ask him? If you don't mind my asking, Theo's voice cut into her thoughts. She blinked at Theo and wanted to go find a hole to hide in. I felt like I could trust him, she said, twitching her shoulder. He can tell when I'm asking for something I don't actually want. And he stops when I say no. Everyone else just ignores it. Even Neville, although he felt so badly afterward that he wanted to withdraw from school. Theo winced. I'm sorry. I never apologized but I felt terrible about how we all acted after McGonagall brought you out. I should have apologized sooner, or at least yesterday when we talked. Hermione shrugged again and felt bitter. It's the way alphas are. The books make it pretty clear that there's nothing to be done about it. And that's why you trust Draco, Theo said. Because he's not like that. Hermione gave a small nod. I suppose so. Theo's expression grew briefly resigned before clearing. Well... 
That makes sense. So, what are you two up to now? It would help to know if I'm running interference with Pansy. Hermione shuffled her feet and glanced forlornly at the doors of the infirmary. I'm not sure. We're not very good at talking to each other. We seem to mostly misunderstand one another. Theo's eyebrows went up slightly. Hermione stared up at him and grew begrudgingly aware that he was... very handsome. He was wearing a jumper with the sleeves rolled up to his elbows. It showed off his pale, muscular forearms. He had expressively dark eyes that were both clever and observant. Theo Knott seemed like the sort of person who was full of information he rarely shared with others. In a world where she could trust him, Theo Knott would be an interesting person to be friends with. She shook herself slightly. It seems like Draco thinks things are different now than they were yesterday. Theo was eyeing her pointedly. Hermione drew a deep breath. Yes, he does. Do you? I don't know, she looked away. The biology muddies everything. It's difficult to even have a conversation half the time. I don't know what's real and what's just... hormones. I wasn't really expecting this thing with him to... This is all catching me off guard. Theo's expression grew wary. Hermione bristled and her lip curled angrily. I'm not trying to hurt him. I'm trying to be careful. Her empty hand clenched into a fist and she drew a sharp breath. Up until today, I just assumed I was just some freebie he was happy to take advantage of, as long as he didn't actually have to interact with me. He wouldn't look at me. He'd barely talk to me most of the time. He'd always just... leave, without a word. It seemed like the obvious conclusion. Now I find out that this whole time he thought I was using him because of his probation, and he's even become... interested in me despite it. Her shoulders dropped. I don't know how to think about any of it. I don't know him very well. I don't know how much is self-determined choice and how much is a biological imperative creating behavior that he rationalizes. I don't even know how to tell the difference in myself most of the time. I certainly don't know how to tell with him. I'm trying not to let this all end horribly, but I'm honestly not sure exactly how to do that. Hermione drew a sharp breath and squared her shoulders. She had things she needed to do, a to-do list of concrete actions she needed to take, problems to solve and things she could fix, unlike herself. She closed her eyes for a moment and sighed. I need to go, she said in a tight voice. I have to meet with Ginny and Neville about joining the prefect roster. She turned to leave. Theo nodded. His eyebrows were furrowed as he stared at her, as though he were trying to calculate something. That's right. You're a prefect again. Why? Hermione paused and met Theo's eyes, jutting her chin up. There's a bullying issue. Becoming prefect seemed like the best way to help resolve it. Theo's mouth quirked into a smile. Gryffindor. Hermione gave a small nod. Yes. She walked away without a backward glance. When she was alone, she paused and leaned her head against the wall for several minutes, trying to clear her head. It was a pity she didn't know occlumency. Everything felt unbearably crowded. All the conflicting problems and information, her own feelings, and the heat in her lower abdomen that she had no solution for. She felt so uncomfortably horny she decided to skip the great hall and go directly to the prefect office. She didn't fancy the idea of sitting around having all the alphas eating dinner smelling it. She stopped by the library in the hope that Madame Pince had her satchel and was dismayed to learn that Pansy had not turned it in. Hermione dreaded the thought of having to track down Pansy in order to ask to get it back, especially since she was sure that Pansy was the sort who would have gone through it all. Her package from St. Mungo's was in her bag. Hermione gave a muffled groan of despair just thinking of Pansy reading through it all. She knocked sharply on the door to the prefect office. Come in, 
Ginny's voice called. Hermione poked her head in and found Ginny behind the head's desk. Hermione, are you here to get help with your homework? Ginny's eyes sparkled when she saw who it was. Hermione gave a forced laugh as she closed the door. No, I'm actually here to report for prefect duty. Her fingers rose up as she straightened the pin on her uniform. Oh, you, you're a prefect again. That's, I wasn't expecting that. Hermione's mouth quirked and she arched an eyebrow. I wasn't planning on it, but I became aware of the bullying issue that the school is dealing with this year. Ginny's eyes widened guiltily and her shoulders suddenly climbed up around her ears. Hermione crossed her arms. When I went to report about it to McGonagall, she mentioned your short on reliable prefects, so I volunteered. Ginny looked down at the scroll on the desk in front of her. You didn't need to do that. Nev and I are working on it. You're already overextended this year. You don't need to feel responsible for Malfoy, too. Ginny rolled her eyes faintly. The Malfoys can survive anything. Hermione's eyebrows shot up and her jaw jerked downward. They threw him into a wall so hard he blacked out, Ginny. Ginny flinched slightly. His face was bleeding and he was covered in bruises. He's in the hospital ward. When I got there, Cornelius Burbage was going on and on about how he wanted to go to Draco's manor and rape Narcissa Malfoy. There were more than a dozen boys who had Draco cornered, so he couldn't even try to run. Hermione's voice was crackling with rage. I talked to you yesterday about how it upset me that he was so cold when we weren't together, and you didn't think to mention that when he's alone people are tracking him down, attacking him, and trying to get him thrown into Azkaban. Ginny gave a deep sigh and leaned back against her desk. I didn't know anything that severe was happening to him. Normally it's just your typical hexes or a few bruises. Standard bullying. We're trying to manage it, but it's not as though anyone likes that he's here. I have a hard enough time getting a patrol's partner for Parkinson. Telling the prefects to watch out for Malfoy is like talking to a wall. Hermione's eyes widened and she scoffed. So what? You're just ignoring it? The prefects don't want to, so you'll just ignore it until Draco is permanently injured or expelled? Ginny jutted her chin up and stared at Hermione resentfully, her eyebrows furrowing into an angry V. No! Don't accuse me of neglecting my head duties, Hermione. You've been dealing with a lot, but so am I. I don't think you have any idea of how tense things are right now. Your eyes are glued to the alphas. The rest of us barely register for you unless we interrupt your study time. The school is a mess, and I'm working very hard to meet the needs of all the students I'm responsible for. You don't understand the grudges here. You were camping while the rest of us were trapped in this castle with the Caros. Hermione gave an indignant gasp, and Ginny whipped her hand up and continued talking. I'm not faulting you for it. Harry needed you. You had to find the Horcruxes. I get it all. You don't need to vindicate what you did or what you went through. But you also don't understand where most of the students are coming from. I don't like Malfoy, Hermione. Ginny's hand dropped down to grip the desk. You seem to have forgotten, but it's sort of a thing. I don't like Malfoy. You don't like Malfoy. He bullied Harry for years. His father stuck a horcrux in with my school books in the hopes of getting my dad sacked. I got possessed. My family and his have been feuding for several generations. Ginny drew a sharp breath, her cheeks flushing as she tossed her head slightly. Ron, you know, that boy you were sort of dating before you decided to come back to school? He has nightmares about the war, not about Fred dying or the Battle of Hogwarts. He wakes up screaming and begging to be interrogated rather than you at Malfoy Manor. Hermione flinched and twisted her wand in her hands. Ginny let out a long sigh and met Hermione's eyes steadily. 
I'm trying to be supportive of what you decide to do. The students, we can eventually move on from the war, but what you're going through is redefining your whole life. I get that you want to control it. So when you started shagging Malfoy, and you didn't want to tell Harry or Ron, I went along with it. But that doesn't make me like him. That doesn't make me forgive him for poisoning Ron and Imperioing Katie and letting Death Eaters into Hogwarts, or for just staying in the background when the Carrows were enjoying their reign of terror, or for being a Death Eater. I get that he's become important to you, but it's a bit late for Draco Malfoy to get to be a victim in my book. Hermione swallowed and drew a slow breath. Draco is not his father. He was tried. You were there. I testified for him. So did Harry. He's on probation for years. No flying, restricted apparition, no international travel for ten years, a lifetime ban on holding a ministry position, no offensive magic outside of class, including jinxes and hexes for five years. He could have been expelled for stopping Anthony. You don't need to regard him as a victim to realize he doesn't deserve to be blamed and punished for the entire war. Her voice shook slightly. Ginny snorted. Being tried and put on probation with a travel ban and spell restrictions doesn't mean I have to forgive him. Ginny was pale, but the hollows of her cheeks were growing stained scarlet. I'm not telling you to forgive him. I'm telling you to do your job. Hermione slammed her fist onto the table. If you believe in the justice system at all, then as head girl it is your job to stop cowards like Cornelius Burbage from demanding a pound of flesh because they know Draco doesn't have the ability to fight back. I was so proud of you for getting head girl, for everything you and Neville did here during the war, but I am honestly so disappointed in you right now. Hermione drew an angry breath. Her throat was tight and she wanted to turn around and go back to the hospital ward and curl around Draco so she could be sure no one could ever do anything to hurt him again. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you care, or if you're going to do your job. I'm going to take care of him. Just let me know when you want me to do rounds. Her throat was tight and her voice furious. Hermione, Ginny slumped, don't do this. Don't become a prefect for Malfoy. You were so excited about this school year, about just getting to study. You passed on head girl. Hermione opened her mouth to try to deny it, but Ginny cut her off with a sharp wave of her hand. I know you passed on it. There's no way I would have been offered the position if you hadn't turned it down first. It was pretty obvious when you weren't even a prefect this year. This whole Omega thing. I know you're getting attached to Malfoy because he's shagging you. That's what you said, that it's emotional on your end. But he doesn't even acknowledge you in public. Don't build your last year of school around someone like him. There are so many better alphas out there. It's not like the options are Charlie or Malfoy. Ginny drew a deep breath. I'll be more proactive about the bullying issue. I'll reiterate the policies to the prefects. I will watch out for Malfoy. I really will. Don't add this to your workload. I'm going to do this for him, Ginny. I need to do this. I don't care about my workload. Hermione stiffly turned to leave. A hand closed around her wrist. It grazed her scent glands and Hermione gave a sharp hiss as she jerked her hand free. Don't touch me there. Ginny withdrew her hands quickly. Sorry. I wasn't thinking. Don't just storm off. I'm trying to help. Just... Ginny ran a hand through her hair. Hermione, are you... Do you like him? Are you trying to make this whole thing somehow work out with him? I get that today was bad. I'm taking that seriously. But I'm trying to understand why you're suddenly like this. Yesterday you looked gutted just talking about him. And now you're becoming a prefect and calling him Draco. Hermione stared at her shoes. 
Apparently, there's been a rather massive misunderstanding between us this whole time. During my... heat, after he first arrived, he tried to leave. He asked if I wanted Neville or Anthony or someone else, and I just... climbed him. Afterward, I thought maybe I'd sexually assaulted him by making him go into a rut, and that was why he left. So I asked McGonagall to check on him and see if he was all right. But instead of expressing my concerns, she implied that he had assaulted me, and she told him that if he bothered me further, or if I was uncomfortable with his presence at school, he'd be immediately expelled. So when I asked him to send Mark, he assumed the reason I asked was because if he crossed a line, I'd throw him in Azkaban. Oh, gosh. Ginny stood blinking at Hermione. Hermione drew a long breath through her nose, shifting her weight and scuffing a shoe on the floor. Apparently, he's been ignoring me this whole time in an attempt to meet my terms, but I set those terms to try to assure him I wasn't expecting him to want to have any kind of public association with me. I thought the scent marking was just going to be temporary, maybe a week or two. I didn't expect it to go on this long. So we've both just been miserably going along with what we thought the other person wanted. But apparently he's interested in me. Hermione's voice jumped uncontrollably at the last three words. Ginny snorted and rolled her eyes. They're all interested in you. Hermione flinched and her stomach dropped. Ginny shot Hermione a look, the corner of her mouth twitching slightly as her shoulders drooped. But it's different with him. You want him to be interested in you. Hermione flushed and gave a short nod. I actually think I could really like him. When we work on our arithmancy project or start talking about books, it's... I've never had someone I could talk to about so many things without their eyes just glazing over. I love Harry and Ron, but I can't explain how lonely it is to have a whole world in your head that no one is really interested in knowing about. She rubbed her wrists together, trying to make the heaviness in her chest go away. Draco has even read Hogwarts A History several times. In fact, he was rather defensive when it came up. I think he thought I'd think he was a history buffin. But he insisted that I'd probably like it. When I told him it was my favorite book, he just stared at me with this expression of astonished delight and then turned bright red. Hermione found herself smiling down at the floor. She buried her face in her hands for several seconds in order to clear the expression from her face. She drew a deep breath and pressed her lips together for a moment before looking up at Ginny. And he listens to me. All the other alphas. They get into this mode around me where they don't hear anything I say. When I'm saying no, or I ask them to stop, or if I tell them they're hurting me, they don't listen. Draco does. He always does. And when I'm asking him to do something, but it's not really me, he can tell, and he says no for me. Hermione's mouth twisted slightly and she looked away. Her cheekbones ached slightly and she felt tempted to cry. But I don't know if any of that matters. The way I affect him is... It might even be worse than how he affects me. He's willing to fold himself into any shape that he thinks will please me and think it's fine. I actually asked him yesterday if he cared about me, and he lied and said no, because he thought if he said yes, I'd just end things straight off since he'd been assuming that eventually I'll move on to some other alpha. He thought I was just using him until I had a better option because he was imprisonable. Hermione swallowed hard. He thought that was fair, that it was fine and not anything to complain about, even though he liked me. I don't know, 
if we hadn't finally cleared things up today, if he ever would have told me, or if he would have just kept going along with my terms because he assumed that was what I wanted. Hermione dropped her head into her hands for several seconds. She heard Ginny step closer and looked up, smiling bitterly. I hadn't even been thinking through that aspect of alpha biology, that wanting to please an Omega would mean they'd just force themselves to change until they fit into some mold, and not to speak up when they wanted to. At least in my case, the instincts are temporary and then my head clears, but I don't think it does for him. I dragged him into this thing with me and he's so far in. I'm not sure what I can do that won't end up hurting him. Hermione swallowed. So, anyway, that's how it is. I hadn't expected he'd be someone I'd like, but every time I get glimpses of him, I feel like I do. It never occurred to me that he'd be interested, but now he is, and it's so hard not to just want to go along with it, and I can't tell if that's because I'm being selfish or delusional, her voice broke off. Ginny wrapped an arm around Hermione. Hermione dropped her head down against Ginny's shoulder. Well, I still don't like Malfoy, but I'll support you, Hermione, whatever you do. If he wants to change himself to deserve you, I'd say let him. It would only be an improvement. Hermione gave a choked laugh. We've got the next several weeks of patrols already scheduled, so you can ease back into prefect duties. We meet on Tuesday after dinner to go over notes and discuss prefect duties. Hermione nodded. All right, I'll be there. And I can probably cover, if anyone is sick, just let me know. I'll give you a copy of my timetable tomorrow. Hermione left the prefect office after a few more minutes of logistics with Ginny. She wandered down the hall. She'd get her bag back from Pansy the next day. She went to Gryffindor Tower and pulled out her supplemental textbooks. She checked her watch. The library hours had already ended. She fidgeted uncomfortably. She wasn't used to having evenings free anymore. She could feel her knickers growing steadily drenched. Her sex drive had apparently not gotten the memo that Draco was unavailable that night. Her whole body was beginning to throb. She felt as though there were an emptiness in her lower abdomen that was tearing at her. Her glands were starting to grow oversensitive and borderline painful. Her clit was aching. Emotionally, she felt on the verge of falling apart. She felt as though she were going through some kind of withdrawal. She wanted to go sneak into the hospital ward and curl up around Draco. If she couldn't have sex with him, at least she could smell him and not feel so unbearably cold. She shook herself and tried to study. The words in her book swam before her eyes. She gave up and took a scalding hot shower. The water on her glands was soothing, and she closed her eyes and let her hands drift slowly along her body. She caressed her own neck and jaw. She pressed her fingertips against the glands at the base of her throat. Her other hand rose up and cupped her breast, sliding her thumb across her nipple so that it tightened into a sensitive bud. She dropped her head back. It wasn't her hands. It was Draco. It was what he would do if he were there. She wasn't getting herself off because she didn't have an alpha. Draco would be there if he could be. Touching herself was not something Hermione was particularly experienced with. Her sex drive hadn't really been a matter she'd attended to. It was a thing she'd assumed would show up when she had a boyfriend. Instead, it had jumped her on the Hogwarts Express when Draco slid into her compartment and she still felt like she was only beginning to sort it out. Draco knew her body better than she did, but she had paid attention as much as she could, and over the course of a month she had gotten a clearer sense of what she liked. She dragged her thumb lightly across her glands. She was probably going to make it all worse by trying to masturbate, 
After presenting, she'd tried several times to get herself off before Draco had started to scent mark her. It had been a spectacular failure each time, but she felt so miserable she wanted to try again. She pinched her nipple slightly and started replaying one of the many, many occasions in which Draco had pulled her into an alcove. His voice was always deep and sly when he greeted her, like velvet across her skin. He'd kiss her first and slide a hand up under her shirt to cup her breast. His burning mouth would suck on her glands and it would take mere seconds before she'd be limp and wanton in his arms. His hand would press between her legs so she could grind against him as he licked and teased her throat until she was trembling. Hermione pressed her own hand between her legs, teasing at first, sliding two fingers along the seam of her sex until she felt her inner walls clench. She pressed her fingertips against her clit and arched her hips. He'd unbutton her shirt just enough to pull the cups of her bra aside and then dip his head down and lave and suckle on her nipples as he'd slowly slide to his knees. Hermione twisted her nipple between her thumb and index finger and gripped her breast harder. He'd press her back against the wall and shove up her skirt. He'd brush his nose against her mons and she'd feel the air move against her skin as he breathed in deeply against her sex. Then, using one hand splayed across her hips to pin her to the wall, he'd pull her knickers aside. He always started softly, teasing, pressing the lightest kisses against her sex until her arousal was sliding down her legs, running his tongue along her thighs to catch every drop. He'd gently suck her clit into his mouth as his fingers pressed inside of her. Hermione tried to move her fingers in a way that captured the movement of Draco's tongue. She imagined his silver eyes as he looked up at her. He always watched her expression as her face twisted and she writhed under him until she shattered. His eyes would get darker and darker the closer she got to coming. The silver would slowly vanish until she felt as though she were falling into them, his burning, soothing tongue gently teasing her delicate flesh, somehow always able to tell the stroke that could push her over, doing it again and again, his fingers inside her, She'd grip them as they pressed in and curled forward toward her pelvis. Hermione slid two fingers into her slick core and felt the heat of her body as she clenched around them. She used her thumb to keep teasing her clit. She thought about Draco's eyes, how he watched her, the triumph and satisfaction in his expression when she gave a low cry and came apart for him. She came. She gave a low gasp of astonishment. Her knees gave out. She collapsed onto the shower floor, panting with surprise. She pressed her hand against her chest and sat under the pouring water as she absorbed it. It was probably the smallest orgasm she'd had in the last month, but it was hers. She'd managed it all on her own. Thinking about Draco, she'd been able to do it. She stepped out of the shower and toweled off, pulling on her pajamas and several jumpers. She stared resentfully at her bed. She did not want to sleep there. She pulled her robes on and headed to the private room with her books. She buried her face in the pillows until she found the one that smelled the most like Draco. She hugged it against her chest and opened a book. She read until midnight and then curled up and tried to sleep. She couldn't. She tossed and turned, transfigured a dozen more comforters and buried her nose in the pillow, and couldn't sleep. Two nights without him was apparently a limit. She was used to sleeping on his chest— hearing his heartbeat and burying her face against his glands while he wrapped his arms around her. Masturbation, pillows, and extra blankets were a paltry and far from sufficient replacement. At 2 a.m. she finally gave up and got out of bed. 
She grabbed her wand and peeked out into the empty hallway. She checked the marauder's map to ensure the rest of the school was in bed. She snuck through the castle to the hospital ward. She hesitated outside the doors. She wasn't sure if she'd set off a dozen screaming wards if she tried to enter. She cast a detection spell and couldn't see anything that implied a warning system or restrictions from entering. She laid her hand lightly on the handle and turned it. It opened soundlessly. She slipped in and glanced around the darkened hospital ward. She tiptoed over to the curtains surrounding Draco's bed. Would it be creepy to try to sleep in the chair next to his bed? She wasn't going to bother him. She just wanted to be near him. She poked her head through the curtains and found Draco's silver eyes staring at her in the darkness. She started slightly with surprise. He smirked. Well, not really. The expression on his face was more in the realm of being a broad grin. You came back. Hermione blushed. I couldn't sleep. It's cold to sleep alone. He sat up. I couldn't either. I woke when you left. Oh, I didn't mean to wake you by leaving. Pomfrey said you'd sleep until tomorrow. Hermione stepped through the curtains. Draco snorted. I don't think she knows much about alphas and omegas. She keeps touching my glands when she puts potions on my shoulder. I was ready to bite her. She did that to me, too. Hermione shuddered. He reached out toward her. Come here. She stepped closer and he caught her wrist and pulled her onto the bed. He buried his head in the crook of her shoulder and wrapped his arms tightly around her. Hermione melted against him, pressing her nose against his glands. He started to lean back in the bed and Hermione stiffened slightly. Draco, we can't. I'm not. I'm too tired to bend any rules, he said in a plaintive voice as he continued to pull her down onto the bed with him. We'll just sleep. Are you sure? I can just sit in the chair. Absolutely not, his hold tightened. Neither of us will sleep at all that way. I have a concussion. I need sleep to recover. This is medically necessary. Slither in, Hermione said with a snort, smiling against his shoulder. Don't tell anyone. He tangled a hand in her hair and pressed a kiss to her forehead. Hermione shivered against his lips. She closed her eyes and nuzzled closer until she was pressed against him as much as was physically possible. End of chapter 25 Narrator's Note Thank you so much for listening to Dramini Audio Fix. I recently set up a coffee page that's ko-fi for those of you who would like to support my work with a donation. You will find the link in the episode and podcast description. Thank you again for your support.